In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. A few days ago, as many of you know, we have a new priest in our eparchy, Father Christopher. Uh, he was ordained here at St. Peter's Cathedral. And during his ordination speech, he mentioned a little secret him and I had together. Uh, what he mentioned was when we're serving the altar here as, uh, you know, little shamash, I don't know what you would call us, little altar boys, but um, when we're growing up together, uh, we always had this uh, sort of understanding with each other. We said, look, if you join the seminary, I'm going to join the seminary. If you become a priest, I'm going to become a priest. So if one of us does it, then the other one has to. And this went on, you know, for years and years. And finally, uh, obviously I'm a priest, but uh, I joined the seminary and then he joined uh, a few years after me. But uh, the reason why I was thinking about that story that he said was because both of us sort of joined at an inconvenient time. It wasn't really ideal. You know, it's never, I mean, when I was discerning the seminary, things would always come up, especially being the only son. I mean, it was the end of the world for, uh, for my family, especially being the only son. Uh, but anyway, um, I remember when I was discerning, I was thinking about it. You know, when would be the ideal time? And one of the reasons why it sort of took me uh, a little longer than usual to actually join the seminary was because I was thinking about the perfect time. I said, you know what, let me just wait for the perfect time for my life to be content, for everything to be established in my life, you know, what have you, and then I'll join the seminary. But as years started dragging on, I started to realize that there's no real such thing as an ideal time to do the right thing. There isn't. You know, even when Father Christopher uh, was discerning his vocation and finally joined the seminary, it wasn't really an ideal time. There's no such thing as a perfect time. And why do I mention this? Is because sometimes we become handicapped by thinking that we have to wait for the perfect time to do this certain good deed or to respond to a call that God is calling us to because we want to wait again for the quote-unquote perfect time until you know, things are really content in our lives. But the gospel today shows us how this could be a, a sort of destructive mentality. Why do I say that? So you have two different forms of uh, post-resurrection. It's Luke's account where he says that Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. And now you have Mark's account where he says the disciples went to the tomb. Okay, there's sort of no problem there, but two different scenarios happen. When Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, St. Luke tells us that it was still dark. He gives us this really you know, strange detail. He says, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. And then she went there, she saw and believed, and she came and told uh, Peter and John. And in Mark's gospel, it's really interesting. He says the sun was out when the disciples went to the tomb and saw that Jesus wasn't there. And there's only one difference between the two. When the disciples saw that Jesus rose from the dead, they were given a command. Go and tell your brothers. Go and do this thing. Go and let them know that Jesus rose from the dead. But St. Mark tells us they were too afraid to do that. And I think one of the reasons was they waited for the ideal time to go and find Jesus, to go and find the empty tomb. They waited for the sun to come out. They waited for the quote-unquote perfect time, the ideal time, to go and find Jesus. 
while Mary Magdalene, she was suffering. And again, it was still dark outside, but she went and sought Jesus. And she was able to have more of a Christian response. She was able to have more of this leap of faith than waiting for the sun to come out. And Jesus, brothers and sisters, the sort of paradox in Christianity is that you really do find Christ and you really do and are able to answer God's call in the darkness. That's a sort of beauty of Christianity. That's why when we preach Christ crucified, we don't just look at the cross and say Jesus died for our sins. It gets qualified by he died for our sins and then rose from the dead. If we're suffering right now, if we're having problems at home, if we're having problems in our marriage, if we're having problems with our siblings, if we're having problems with relatives, if we're having problems at work or at school or things are just overwhelming in life, this is the time to go to the empty tomb. Finding Jesus in the darkness says more about who we are as Christians, followers of Christ, and what our sort of stature is and how we become virtuous people. Because anyone could say, I'm going to wait for the perfect time to sort of figure out my life, to do the right thing. And there's this like whole new modern mentality of uh, couples that get married saying they're waiting to sort of start their family because they want to have fun first, quote unquote. I want to go travel the world. I want to go do all of these things first and then we'll settle down. That's very backwards because it's almost as if you're waiting for the light to come out, like the disciples did. But if anything, that causes more fear and more anxiety and more distress in someone's life. And Pope Benedict, he says one of my favorite quotes, he contrasts the joy that's, that this world gives us and this false comfort that this world gives us. Both are false because the world isn't able to give us these things. And he tells us that if you're waiting for the comfort of this world, for the joy of this world, basically keep waiting. That's not what the world is supposed to give you. But even if we're going through suffering, like Mary Magdalene did, this is a time to find where we could respond to Christ. When, just like the example I gave, when I was discerning the seminary, when any priest when any person wants to join the seminary, it's typically not at your ideal time, but it's something you know you have to do. And the end of this gospel really sheds light on what we can do in this situation, how we can not think that we're gonna wait for the ideal time to do the right thing. Because even though the disciples, they were sort of fearful, they didn't know what to do, they didn't know how to respond to Jesus you know, being gone now, and now there they are thinking they're alone says that Jesus appeared to them and gave them this command. Go into all the world and baptize. Do all of these great things because you'll have the power to cast out demons. You'll have the power to do all of these great things. And that's what Christ is giving each and every one of us. Just like sometimes when we think that, you know, we're going to wait to do the right thing, or this typically happens during New Year's resolutions where I'm gonna wait for New Year's until I start figuring out my life. That's not a Christian attitude. Our formation, our transformation of our hearts starts now. And no matter where we are in our lives, just like Jesus told 
his disciples and gave them these great commands. He's giving each and every one of us a command to examine our lives, to examine our hearts, and to see it, and to see what God <coughs> may be calling us to in our lives. And that will determine whether we will be the ones to wait for the sun to come out and for there to be light. Or, even though we might be going through darkness, we can find Jesus through that. Because he went through the darkness. And from the darkness came the light of the resurrection. Amen.